Toph, would you say you and Aang have a rocky relationship? So you know the whole thing that's going on right now with Wall Street and uh, GameStop and Reddit and... Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. I, I don't really know. I'm not going to dive too deep in, but I can't help but <laughs> take the characters from Avatar oh my God. and assign roles so into, in this play that were... Like, so who who would be Reddit in who this Who would scenario? be Reddit? Uh, yeah. The Aang gang. Aang gang. So... I, I don't think Katara would be. I, I definitely think Sokka would be like she, orchestrating it and Aang is just buying in. Yeah, she'd just be like a bystander on Twitter probably. Who would be like the um, hedge fund managers? Hedge fund, uh, definitely Admiral Zhao. Like, Isn't it when, Commander now? Is it Commander? Oh, he becomes Admiral? Yeah, it's Commander. Okay. So You're getting com- ahead of yourself. I, I, I know him as Admiral Zhao. Yeah, but, but yeah, he's definitely the hedge fund in this situation. He is. Who's he, Uncle Iroh? I think Uncle Iroh is the the GameStop investor who's just been investing in GameStop just because since 2001 because he just really loves games <laughs> yeah. and he's just watching it all happen. It's interesting <laughs> you think he's that person. I think I think Iroh is GameStop. Oh. Yeah, he's just the guy that's hanging out just <laughs> letting it happen. Interesting. I hate this conversation. Why? <laughs> <laughs> We're taking our topical events and the podcast topic and putting them in one. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to Rocky Relationship. Welcome. An Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are taking you through Chapter 3, The Southern Air Temple. Ooh, a place we've never been before. Every place through (laughs) a place we've never been before. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but this is a this is a pretty heavy episode, and so because it's heavy, we decided to make it just. We're going to talk about just this episode. Yeah, and we're going to switch up the format a little bit. Um, So we are going to look at this episode through a lens of a central theme that ties everything together. Yeah. Um, So we kind of went back and forth on what. The theme could be we'll talk about that but uh, we're kind of excited because this is gonna allow us to kind of show the overall broader story that the creators are also trying to show and it's kind of interesting to take central themes and use it to um, juxtapose all these different plot lines mm-hmm. with zuko with ang yeah um, th- there's some similarities we're gonna find them out and there are differences we'll talk about it but It'll be cool to tie everything together with this one theme. Yeah, so I guess let's just get into it after we find out what happens. Aang, I know you're upset. And I know how hard it is to lose the people you love. I went through the same thing when I lost my mom. Monk Gyatso and the other airbenders may be gone. But you still have a family. Sokka and I, we're your family now. Chapter 3, The Southern Air Temple. Sokka, Katara, and Aang are on their way to visit Aang's home. Katara is trying to curb Aang's expectations, reminding him that a lot can change in a hundred years. Aang is optimistic that his people have somehow persevered throughout the war. Meanwhile, Zuko and Iroh have stopped in a harbor to repair the damage caused by Aang during their last encounter. Zuko implores his uncle to keep the fact that they finally found the Avatar a secret from the rest of the Fire Nation. They're greeted by Commander Zhao, who invites them to tea to discuss the details of their quest. 
Still on their way, Katara is once again attempting to get through to Aang on the possible fate of his people, explaining that the Fire Nation is ruthless, having killed her mother when she was a young girl. Aang, however, is still confident, stating just because no one has ever seen an airbender in all this time, that doesn't mean that they're gone. It's a fair point. (laughs) (laughs) Aang explains that the only way a non-airbender could even get to the temple is with a flying bison like Appa. Finally arriving, the gang takes in the beauty of the temple. Back at the harbor, Zhao is going over the Fire Lord's path to victory in the war. Zuko is skeptical and isn't afraid to hide it. Zhao is suspicious of Zuko's claim that his quest for the Avatar has turned up empty, and he has Zuko's crew questioned and discovers their lie. Zhao then reprimands him for letting the Avatar escape, and he tells Zuko that his two-year mission of searching for the Avatar is over. Back at the temple, Aang is ecstatic to be back, but is concerned at how abandoned it seems. To distract him, Sokka challenges him, and the two play a game of airball, Aang crushing Sokka in minutes. Katara and Sokka discover an old Fire Nation helmet in the snow, but rather than telling Aang, Katara bends a pile of snow covering the helmet and Sokka. Poor Sokka man. While exploring the grounds, Sokka tells Katara that she can't protect Aang from the truth forever. Aang shows them a statue of his mentor, Monk Gyatso, flashing back to a memory of Aang lamenting over his new status as the Avatar. Gyatso assures Aang that when he is ready, he will enter the Air Temple Sanctuary and meet someone who will guide him on his journey. In the present, Aang goes to the sanctuary to meet this mystery someone at last. When they enter the sanctuary, they see a giant room of statues, Katara realizes that they represent all of the avatars and Aang's past lives. Aang is drawn to a particular statue and reveals it to be Avatar Roku, Aang's predecessor. Suddenly, a lemur enters, causing Aang and Sokka to chase after him. Aang wanting to make him his pet, and Sokka wanting to eat him. That cool Sokka. (laughs) Hey, my man's is just hungry. He's super hungry. Aang threw out all his beef jerky, or his seal jerky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Zuko, not accepting that his journey is over and is disrespected by Zhao's comments about Zuko's banishment, challenges the commander to an Agni Kai. At the Agni Kai, Zhao and Zuko battle it out for honor. In the end, Zuko gets the best of the commander. Enraged, Zhao takes his shot while Zuko is walking away, but he is stopped by none other than our boy, General Iroh. What a badass man. Meanwhile, the lemur leads Aang on a chase around the grounds, eventually causing Aang to stumble upon a mass gravesite of a battle between the Fire Nation and the Air Nomads. With horror, Aang realizes that the skeleton in the middle of the field is his beloved friend and mentor, Gyatso. Devastated, Aang triggers the Avatar state, making his eyes and arrows glow. We see this cause a reaction at Avatar sanctuaries all over the Four Nations, Now, the whole world knows the Avatar has returned. Then, back at the gravesite, Aang's grief is causing the destruction. Katara talks him out of it, telling him that he still has them as his family. Aang finally realizes that he truly is the last airbender. Packing up the lemur, named Momo by Aang, joins them and the gang sets out, Aang gazing at his home as they fly away. Devastating, man. (laughs) This episode is gut-wrenching. It's a heavy one, for sure. I mean, what do we got? We got genocide. <laughs> we have uh, Hello, secrets. kids. <laughs> Welcome to this new show, Avatar The Last Airbender and Nickelodeon. Episode 3, Genocide. <laughs> That's Yeah, whenever I think back on when Aang you know, finds out everything, I, I always think it happens later in book one. 
No. But no, no, this is no, episode they, they three. No, they punch you in the face right away yeah. with it. <laughs> it's crazy. Can you imagine, like, you're a kid, you finally, like, you get all these uh, ads for the new Nickelodeon show, Boy Wonder. It's so fun. You watch episode <laughs> one. Oh, Penguin Slitting. How oh, cute. fun. <laughs> episode two. Whoa, he gets captured. Oh, this is, this is, like. Getting a little intense. Yeah, it's starting to, yeah, action's happening. Woo. Episode three, genocide. <laughs> Just absolute. It's awful, man. Oh, man. So going over and going through this episode, we were trying to settle on a universal theme to discuss. So the first thought we had was grief, right? Because Aang faces a lot of grief in this episode. It it is like the main thing that happens uh, with Aang, but it's... It's the main motivator, I feel like. Main motivator, but it... Doesn't um it doesn't really translate well to Zuko's plotline? No. Like he doesn't feel grief about mm-hmm. you know him so, not finding the Avatar. So then we thought denial because um mm-hmm. Aang is kind of being optimistic in a way that's kind of like denial. You know, yeah, He's trying to look on the bright side, trying to suppress it. He hopes that his people have somehow escaped. Um, and then Zuko is kind of in denial as well because he thinks that he's just going to be the only one searching for the Avatar for the rest of yeah. <laughs> But then that kind of brings us into denial of reality. Right. So that brings us to our theme of the week, facing reality. Yes. We think it really ties well with, you know, every single storyline, or as, there's only, only really two, but with Zuko not ready to face the reality that there's going to be other people also yeah, you know, wanting we, to find the Avatar. We see most of these characters like really forced to come to terms with some really yeah. harsh realities in this yeah. episode. So. It's really helpful with not only just Aang and Zuko, but even Katara and Sokka. So why don't yeah. we start with like the kind of periphery? Uh, Let's start know, with Katara because Katara is interesting. Like she, she knows the reality of the situation, but she's not letting Aang face it. And for a noble reason, yeah. but still with really bad consequences <laughs> yeah she doesn't realize that this basically set off like a signal flare to the entire world yeah that... <laughs> now the whole world knows that the avatar is back <laughs> hey this is the first time we see earthbenders yes the very first when they show all the different nations that is true and we see the northern air temple or the north sorry the northern water, water tribe. tribe yeah um yeah it's really interesting because we didn't see this chain reaction when ang went into the avatar's the Avatar state in his battle with Zuko, yeah. which kind of makes me think that it's a different circumstance, right? Yeah. I, I think that Aang going into the Avatar state in the, the second episode was mm-hmm. more of his past lives kind of fighting for him. Yeah, he, he was just surviving. He was trying to not drown, <laughs> you know, and get out of the situation as, as safe as possible. But this isn't caused by danger, Mm-hmm. It's caused by his reaction, his emotions yes. to the situation he's in. And that is what seems to trigger this chain reaction that alerts yeah. everyone. So which, that's interesting. Which is another thing. Like last week, we talked about how emotions translate, you know, or they correlate entirely to bending. Like right. they are completely codependent on each other. So it's interesting to see that his avatar abilities correlate to that as well. Yeah. So back to Katara, you know, um, she at first is trying to temper Aang's excitement and curb his expectations. You know, to her, I think she she kind of sees, she knows what's coming. Yeah. It's she... well-known legend that 
I don't I don't think she I, I don't think she knew that this is going to No. I mean they don't know the whole implications of this either. They just know that his friend freaked out or, or Aang freaked out, you know what I mean, because they see him do the avatar state, but they don't know that it alerted the whole world. Right, but I'm just talking about like I think she knows what's coming in the sense that the airbenders aren't around it. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. She kind of already totally understands that it's been 100 years. No one's ever seen one. Yeah, and she's coming from that point of view that she has not seen or even, like, last time she heard of an airbender happened 100 years ago. Right. So with Katara, at first she's really trying to, you know, temper Aang's excitement. And and she, I think it's because she kind of knows what's hap- what's going to happen. Yeah. When she kind of can see what's coming. You can see it's coming when they first start coming into the, air, the Southern Air Temple. They first see it while they're on Appa, and she's kind of trying to downplay the idea that there might still be people there. She's like, well, yeah. let's see. Like, come on, Aang. Like, you know, don't get your hopes up. But Aang is not interested in that at all. He He's dead set on finding his friends. And, and it doesn't look good because, you know, there's weeds everywhere. Yeah, it's the completely temple desolate. temple is abandoned. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because at first she really is trying to curb his expectations. But then when she's actually faced with the reality... Mm-hmm. that the airbenders are gone, taken out by the Fire Nation when they see that helmet in the snow. Yeah. She does a complete 180 and hides it from him. Yeah, and this is a moment I don't really like Katara's mo- motivation here. It's not showing him a skeleton. It's not like she's trying to sh- hide like a dead body. Right. It's like just a helmet just to kind of help signify there was a at least a confrontation here, a conflict here. Yeah, it's it's, but, it's a gentle way to. But let she him know. Com- she completely hid that, and Aang just went into the deep end and found a fucking skeleton. Yeah. of his mentor. So uh, I think Katara could have at least let him see this. Yeah. Uh, this helmet, you know. She definitely was coming from a good place, and yeah. a noble place. You know, she didn't want him to be upset. She wanted to protect him, but yeah, it, it had consequences and Sokka on the other hand he is ready to face the reality of the situation he's always ready to face the reality of the situation Sokka loves facts yeah he's he's a very um, logical thinker kind of person he he tries to stick to reality I mean he's like the skeptic yeah you know of the group um so he has that little one-on-one with Katara telling him like you can't you can't hide him from this forever no yeah and, you know, he, he wants Katara to come clean and he wants Aang to be aware of the situation. But at the same time, he's very sensitive to Aang's feelings in this in this whole trip. Yeah. You know, um, he notices how sad Aang is getting about how desolate and run down that his home is. Yeah, and, like so far it's not looking good. And to distract and, him. Yeah, Sokka recognizes that and he decides to... Play airball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This was ridiculous. <laughs> how what, how is Sokka supposed to play this game? I don't it's like, understand. It's like giving a muggle uh, a broomstick and exactly him to play Quidditch. Like, <laughs> like it's just a, a kid sitting on a broom on the ground while all the wizards are flying around him. It's just Sokka standing on a post, letting balls fly fa- past him because he can't airbend anything. Yeah, but it it helps uh, kind of paint Sokka in a good light because he's. 
I since he understands what's about to happen, or he understands that Aang is going to find out, mm-hmm. he's sympathetic to that. So he's yeah. just he's just entertaining his friend. Probably. Yeah, he's a good friend. He's just like letting him, you know, <laughs> bully him and airball <laughs> I love just for Sokka. a little bit. This is a good Sokka episode, but we're gonna well we're gonna find out about his bad. It's side. not a great Sokka episode. What do you mean? He tries to eat Momo. Oh yeah, that that did happen. Well, he was hungry. He was hungry and he threw out all his jerky. <laughs> he used it to light a fire. <laughs> I mean, it, listen, we we do see a bet uh, a worse side of Sokka also in the next episode. But yeah, toxic masculinity part two. I Sexism mean, rears learned. its ugly head once again. <laughs> he learns, but anyway, uh, we'll go. That's next. That's next week. But um, he. This is a. This is a good moment for him. Yeah. And, you know, Katara and Sokka, even though they tried to hide it, you know, or Katara tried to hide it, in the end, when Aang realizes what happened, what has happened, they are there for him 100%. They are there, and Katara reminds him, oh my mm-hmm. god, I, I'm going to cry. <laughs> the, it's so heartbreaking, but Katara says, I know the airbenders are all gone. But you still have a family. Yeah. Sokka and I, we're your family now. <laughs> oh, it's been cry. so long. <laughs> oh my god. That, is, that kills me. Yeah, but how long have they known each other? Listen, though? they've done they've been through a lot already together. They have been through a lot. There's they survived a kidnapping. <laughs> uh they Fire. Sokka and Katara learned that there's flying bison. Yeah. I mean they just they were the first they were one of the first outsiders to visit like this ancient air temple like they've been through a lot together yeah but yeah it's so beautiful to see how quickly that that bond has formed and uh-huh. like they're already format for formented as a team yeah and they, as a unit going yeah. forward which is you know what they need to be for what they have to face ahead yeah Definitely. It, it really kind of sets their the tone of their relationship and like the bond that they all have, where not only are they on this little quest to learn waterbending, right, but they're they're on a quest that's a little deeper than yeah. that, you know, a quest of friendship. Sure. <laughs> well, on to Aang, who really does not want to face reality this episode. And for good reasons, I mean, facing reality is too devastating for him to handle. Yeah. You know, he he tries to rationalize uh, the whole time. Well, they probably escaped. Well, firebenders can't even get to the air temple. Yeah, they're probably hiding. You know, you yeah. Can only get, you can only get it up there through air bison or whatever. You know, we're hearing all the reasoning and how he's talking himself out of dealing with this horrifying situation that not only is everyone he knew back from 100 years ago probably dead, Mm -hmm. but that his entire civilization is destroyed. Yeah, and he tries to reckon that, you know, with with a flashback of him thinking back to when he was um, talking about his responsibilities with Mm -hmm. Yatso. And that's where we, when we first see Yatso. Um, and he is obviously a stereotypical wise guy, yeah. wise man. Uh, but he's so endearing. He's so funny. Um, I think so that you can tell scene, he's such a good influence on him. I think that scene was really, that flashback was really important because it shows the gravity of the situation he's in now mm-hmm. based with how he felt about being the avatar back then when it really doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, like he didn't think that there was 
a war or there was no there was no war. there was no war yet but it was going to happen yeah but um, you know back then his main concern was like why do i have to be the avatar yeah and i think him reminiscing on that moment with yatsu is him recon- reconciling that well now he doesn't even he's never even going to see yatsu again yeah which is so, so sad too because fish to worry about that's so sad too because gyatso you can tell that gyatso was the biggest influence on Aang. Mm -hmm. he was like super fun loving they throw the pies at the other monks um so you could tell that Aang just like just as a kid too like don't kids take from like their mentors Mm -hmm. like they just copy paste their personality essentially so that's exactly what happened with Aang and that's why he looks so much looks up so much to gyatso and the fact that it's Gyatso, who he sees in that battlefield graveyard, mm. yeah, it, it it's horrifying. Yeah, it, it, with, with with the flashback and then this, yeah, it's just like oh, right next dang. to each other, right? Up, yeah, like, oh. they did they did a really good job of just showing how much this person meant to Aang, mm-hmm. um, which which is something that could trigger that immense power I'm, and destruction. I'm, I think it's super interesting they decided to go with like a mentor figure and not like a. Uh, a friend or mm-hmm. something because i think um well he has friends now he doesn't really have that mentor anymore yeah right yeah he doesn't have a mentor right now and that's another part of his search mm-hmm. you know his part of his avatar journey finding someone who can um and he might have met him, him in, in right this direction. episode hey yeah there's a fun fun theory that <laughs> um momo is re is gyato reincarnate oh yeah that is a theory, and also I think it was the original intention of the writers to have Momo as the reincarnation of Gyatso. Yeah. But also, he meets his future mentor, which is his past self. Oh, yeah. Okay, time. you're actually talking no, about No, I was real. talking about, like, a real No, I'm, al- I'm always talking about that Momo theory. <laughs> <laughs> you're Such in conspiracy theory land. I'm talking about well, the actual... Okay, let's, let's, get, let's pull out the receipts <laughs> when Gyatso says... Uh, in the sanctuary, in this uh, air temple sanctuary, when you're ready, you will meet someone. Like, okay, yeah, he he finds a statue of Roku. Yeah, <laughs> I, he, I will grant you. But he meets Momo. But he he recognizes Roku, and he knows exactly yeah, right feels, away who he, he is. It. He feels the the um, c- connection there. So that's interesting. We'll we'll pro- that shows us that we'll probably see more of Roku. You mentioned this. Did did you look into because? You said that um, you don't think the statue next to Roku is Kiyoshi. Yeah, it didn't. It looked like a plot hole that. Um, the, Did you look into that, or I didn't I, look into I it. I tried to I, find it in the episode when we were young. But I definitely we saw it. the stat. The Earthbender next to Roku is not Kiyoshi, so we know that there's a little bit of a plot hole there. But it's fine. It's Which fine. is weird because that's the next episode. <laughs> but anyway, episode. anyway, maybe they didn't figure out the order yet. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things like I th- I feel like this episode could have been later in book one. So let's go over to uh, Zuko. Zuko, we come to find that um, our main villain really right so far is hiding and from a lot is hiding from a lot of realities of his own and he's trying not to face them. Yeah. Um, you know, he is running from the fact that he's not going to be the only one searching for the Avatar because this is 
a person that's been gone for 100 this years. This is the major enemy of the Fire Nation. Yeah, this is enemy <laughs> They're not going to leave it to like a 16-year-old a, a prince yeah. when they find out that he's actually around. They <laughs> sent him on this trip thinking that he would just like <laughs> dick off for a couple of years, but... Yeah, he wasn't actually going to find anything. Yeah, but no, they're like, oh crap. As oh. soon as they realize that he has actual responsibility, they're going to come swooping in and trying to actually uh, figure out the situation because... Yeah. So this is, this is the one person who can end the war. You know? Yeah. Um. So 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 Zuko is you know he's trying to keep that hidden from Commander Zhao. Commander Zhao. What's his name? Um. Jason Isaacs. The actor. Jason Isaacs himself. <laughs> yeah, I. Lucius Malfoy. Why are you speaking like this? <laughs> I think it's such a cool th- uh, when when we watch that fact video mm-hmm. they talked about how um the original inspiration for commander zhao was the bad guy in the patriot yes which was played by jason isaac so they got the bad guy from the patriot. <laughs> they got which is crazy i didn't think of him i wouldn't think of him as a good voice actor which is wild for me to think now that i think oh, about has, it well he has a great voice i know but yeah i mean the lucia's voice is great but hearing the american accent yeah like i i guess i didn't recognize that that was jason isaacs and even listening back like it's hard to kind of parse his voice i I think he has a very i didn't recognize it at first yeah well commander zhao is a dick (laughs) (laughs) and this is what we were talking about last episode we're gonna see the worst of the fire nation and it's not zuko i think commander zhao is all right i don't i just think he's kind of badly written He's a he's, boring he's, kind of one-dimensional villain. Yeah, he he kind of only has one motivation, just power, right? Which is fine because he's not really our main villain of he's the not, show. He's not. He's so. not. I'm just I'm just cherry picking, but <laughs> I mean, you get so many good villains in this entire, yeah. like even Korra. But um, yeah, Commander Zhao is kind of lame, yeah. and he's a dick, and he's horrible. So yeah, we hate him. Um, but. Uh, oh God, That's why he's the hedge fund manager. We can all rally behind those guys. <laughs> one of um, uh, not against my sorry against those guys. Not my favorite, obviously, because it's absolutely devastating. But I want to like talk about this scene with uh, Commander Zhao and mm-hmm. Zuko. Um, and this is when we find out a lot of the things that Zuko is probably struggling with and struggling to face yeah. his realities. Mm-hmm. Commander Zhao says once he finds out that. The Avatar is alive in that. He t- he tells Zuko that he's going to lead the hunt now for the Avatar. And Zuko's finished, mm-hmm. right? He says, I have hundreds of warships under my command. And you, you're just a banished prince. No home, no allies. Your own father doesn't even want you. Pretty, pretty harsh burn there. Zuko says, once I deliver the Avatar to my father... He will welcome me home with honor and restore my rightful place can, on the throne. Can you re-say that, but say it? <laughs> give me give me a Don, your best Dante Bosco impression. Once I deliver the avatar to my father, he <laughs> with honor. <laughs> uh, listen, you're bringing me out of my serious monologue. This <laughs> is my serious monologue, okay? But you love his voice so much. I, I do. I can't emulate it. Listen. <laughs> and then Zhao like, tells him, to his face. <laughs> yeah. If your father really wanted you home, he would have let you return by now. Avatar or no avatar. But in his eyes, you're a 
failure and a disgrace to the Fire Nation. And as he says this, a panning shot of his face shows his right side of his face over to the left side. That's Zhao. Yeah, Zhao. And then Zuko says, you're wrong. He says, you have the scar to prove it. And that's... That's such a... It's an intense dialogue moment, yeah. It's intense. It's an intense, like, burn session. Delivery, yeah. Just roasting each other. And he walks away. And, you know, I was like... After after Zuko challenges Zhao to the Agni Kai for Mm. all of that disrespect that Zhao just laid at his feet. Yeah. Um, Iroh's like, Uncle Iroh's like, Zuko, have you forgotten the last time you fought a master? And then we get that same panning shot of Zuko's face from the right side to the left side. And as we see a scar revealed on the left side of his face, mm. he says, I will never forget. Mm. But we don't know. Oh, what ha- my. Oh, my God. We don't know what happens <laughs> with the scar. Like, yeah, we but we don't know what. Yeah, that it's shot. A, it's- it's a great moment. We 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 are hinted that, that it obviously has something to do with that. Yeah. That scene with like those shots that yeah. panned across both of their faces as they were saying these this dialogue. That is so oh my god, that's so well done. Yeah. It yeah. Because once you know the story, once you know the reasoning behind it, it definitely makes it more. It hits impactful. you harder in the gut, yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, and then we get another dual shot of both of their faces. Right mm-hmm. as they start the Agni Kai. Yeah. So it circles right back to their the comparison of their faces. Because Zuko, it's, it's showing you that Zuko kind of wears the scar as a badge of shame. Yeah. And a badge of dishonor. And he, that's why yeah, he's he, so... He thinks he's like, because he has the scar, he is dishonored. Um, and, and that's why he's so like... Um, in the ponytail He wants too. to get his honor back. Yeah, the ponytail, we, we learn uh, from lore outside of the show that... Losers of Agni Kai's um, shave their head all except for the ponytail. So yeah. that's why his hair is shaved. Also because probably his hair got fringed off from the fucking burn on his face. Yeah. I mean, we'll see a better side of his hair. <laughs> but <later>. anyways, <laughs> like we see this stark comparison of Commander Zhao's face and Zuko's face. Yeah. In many of these scenes. One face who's tainted by... Physically you know, tainted. Physically tainted by like a dishonorable moment. Yes. And a face that's clear. But But. then we see at the end of the fight, Zuko behaves honorably. He strikes the ground beside Zhao, doesn't hurt him, and he walks away victorious. And then as he turns his back, Zhao, clean, he has the clean face, no dishonor visible, Mm -hmm. strikes a blow at Zuko as he's walking away. And then we get (laughs) Iroh, this motherfucker, stopping his full force fire kick with one hand and yeeting him across the battlefield. Get him out of my sight. And, and thanks that, for the tea. <laughs> thanks for the tea, motherfucker. <laughs> and in another beautiful line from the show, like even in exile, my nephew is more honorable than you. So it doesn't matter about his physical yeah. scar. Cause we see that he holds more honor than more people in his nation. Yeah. Yeah. So th- up to this point, the first two episodes, we only saw Zuko, Zuko and Iroh and the Fire Nation dude. So we're like, okay, this these, is guys, what are, the Fire these guys are bad, but 
whatever they there's some there's a there's a backstory to these people so then we finally get a more general sense general sense (laughs) (laughs) we get a general sense of what the fire nation actually is about yeah they're about how different zuko is from it exactly which is crazy and he clashes with that and that's that's zuko's whole storyline of him clashing with fire nation tradition culture Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Fire Nation ideology. He's not like the Fire Nation also is all about power. And they're all about yeah. finding power over, you know, all these other nations. And that's the reality Zuko has not come to face. Mm-hmm. Is that he thinks that he needs to find his honor, but he already has it compared yeah. to all of these other people who he, he is seeking validation. He from. already has it, but he doesn't realize that he he doesn't he he doesn't realize that he already has it. Mm-hmm. He still thinks that he has to seek honor with the Fire Nation rather to, than yeah. with himself. He has to seek validation from these people who don't even have honor themselves. Yeah. Anyways, so let's move on. I got some fun facts. Fun. Let's <laughs> have Super some fun. fun. So, um, so this is the first time we see the Air Temple and uh, the whole world of the Airbenders. We mm-hmm. don't get to see a lot of Airbenders in this series because they're all gone. Uh, we see yeah. some in flashbacks, but um, a fun fact is that all of the Air Nomads before the genocide, obviously, were all Airbenders. So it's the only nation made up of completely benders, no non-benders. Yeah, that's super interesting. I mean. How do you get up there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't. <laughs> you just have to take a like take a lift on the. <laughs> I'd like height. to do more research also into. Uh, I mean, if this, if there's even some about just like relationships, you know, like is there who's Aang and who's well, Aang's I mother think, and father? I know? think um, it's and I, listen, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that uh, all of the Airbenders are raised by the monks yeah. of the temple, so they don't come from. They pro- they're probably like outskirting villages of the Air Nation. Do you think like maybe? No, I just I'm think just that I, I think when Airbenders are born and recognized, they're sent to the temples. So are you saying they're like Force kids, like like from Star Wars? <laughs> they're like they're like the Jedi younglings. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in, I remember in Clone Wars, and they orders, have orders. 66 was enacted by the Fire Nation. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, not the young <laughs> But that's weird. I mean, can, like, two Earthbender people create an air baby? Is that what you're suggesting, no, possibly? No, I'm thinking that the people who give birth to airbenders, they're not really technically within so the you, air nomads. It could be, like, right? two non-benders. They're not considered an air nomad. But they're air people? Maybe. But then that suggests that there's more. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Listen, <laughs> this was the fun fact. Take it as you will. Yeah, now we're going to fun speculation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another another fun fact that we cannot speculate about. Um, the title of this episode was originally going to be Aang Goes Home. Mm, how fun. <laughs> how fun. <laughs> um, this episode is the only one without a white background as his title screen. It's a sunrise. Uh, okay. mm. <laughs> fun um we talked about this but momo was originally going to be the reincarnation of gyatso yes uh and according to aaron he still is i think he is i definitely think he is it's i mean it's a fun way to re- look at it it is a fun way to look at it um there i there are going to be more moments where like momo s- swoops in saves the day a little bit like that can also hint like 
that Gyatso is watching over him in some way. I don't know. It's just fun to think about. Yeah. Uh, another fun fact about the creation of the show, uh, Brian Konitsko. Yes. He got the idea for like the martial arts elements mm. of this show and the, like the elemental um, part of it in a vision while doing Vikram yoga, also known as hot yoga. Hot yoga? Yeah. It's like when you do yoga and it's really hot. Oh, okay. Like, like, a, like sauna yoga yeah, kind of. I don't know. I've never done it. I don't like to torture myself. <laughs> that sounds... Yeah. Sorry, hot yoga so you got, people. So you got in a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the idea for the elements. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to favorite time of the week. What was your favorite bending moment? I was thinking about what it could be. There's not a lot. It's really like just the Agni Kai mm-hmm. and then the Avatar state. Is Does we'll Momo one. bend? No, Momo doesn't bend. He's not a bender? No. Okay. I was going to say maybe him running away from Sokka's carnivorous. It's not bending. <laughs> okay, I guess my favorite bending moment is um, the beginning of the Agni Kai. I really like the animation mm-hmm. um, when they start it. I know you can't see it. I, I'm not going to really describe it, but it's kind of, it's really cool animation in yeah. the beginning. Well, um, my favorite part is the ending of the Agni Kai when Iroh just yeah. freaking Stop! I I want to reiterate this. He's this old man stops a full forced kick with his <laughs> bare hand, fire going everywhere, and he just with that same bare hand throws this full grown man across the floor. Dude, he's a gamer, and I mean we're gonna find out he's a gainer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He's a because. He, he gets them gains. He does get them gains. I, I mean, he's a little he's a little chubby right now. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's not in his prime, but you can still see he has it all under there, you know. He he had that tea energy. Yeah. The, uh, he, he had that jasmine? ginseng. Ginseng, ginseng tea. Um, yeah. So last week we did talk about a, a good Aang face. I think that's a good another good point we should bring up. What's your favorite Aang face? My, oh, my I already fav- know what yours is, and yeah. it's probably mine, too. My favorite Aang face, this is the only good one, really, is when he's falling down ca- trying to catch Momo. Yeah. Yeah, the, his face is just too good there. He's so He has, like, excited. saliva, like, spilling out of his mouth yeah. <laughs> as the wind just, like, blows his cheeks up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is... I, 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 this is another thing I think about when in these cup, first couple episodes, when we see Aang flying around, he's so happy that he's flying. And later in the show, when he's teach, I think he's teaching Katara or something how to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, make sure to close your mouth because of all the bugs. Oh, yeah. Like his mouth is wide open these yeah. first two episodes. Like in the first episode, he's showing them how to fly around on his yeah. uh, thing. His, it, I don't know, the fan. He's laughing. Yeah, and he's laughing. His- well, he knows from experience. He swallowed a lot of bugs in his life. I guess he's just down for the bugs. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why he wasn't super hungry no, in the first episode. No, Aaron. Aang is a vegetarian. Okay, but so he can't eat bugs? No, veg- vegetarian means you can't eat bugs. Oh my god. So what did he eat like in the very beginning? Because do No one was does, eating. <laughs> does the Southern Water Tribe have any thing that's not meat no that's the they nothing grows there <laughs> oh we didn't talk about this last week but katara had that uh that drumstick that she that she just pulled out and gave it to like the penguins oh yeah no it was a fish 
a was fish. a full fish okay, in her I don't pocket. Know why I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of chicken wings. <laughs> but Ooh, it was I want a, some chicken wings. Yes, I do too. But the <laughs> she had a whole fish in her pocket. What is she doing with a whole ass fish? That's what you do in the Southern Water Tribe. You never know when you need a fish for the for the penguins yeah. to coax into penguins living. Also, uh, I feel like penguins. This is getting far off topic. Um, That's okay. I feel like the penguins in that episode were the only like normal animal name in this whole series. Just penguins? Yeah. Is, is there another one? Maybe lemur. Like Mama's just yeah. a lemur. But like all the rest of the animals we see is like you know flying bison, like seal monkey, like yeah, they're, they're <laughs> wolf just like dog, comp- like compound word names. Yeah. Giant koi fish. I, I mean, I, yo, it's a giant koi. It's a giant, <laughs> but they, these are just penguins, but then they like look like a hybrid of like a penguin and like a seal or something. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're good at doing the hybrid animals. Hog oh no. The only normal animal we see spoiler is the bear. The bear. The pet bear. Where? Where is this bear? You don't know about the bear? I don't remember the bear. Oh my god. In the Earth well, Kingdom? You don't oh. Okay, and then with that we leave it, guys. <laughs> I hope you hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us next week when we talk about chapter four, the warriors of Kiyoshi. Mm. Alright, guys, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, y'all. Oh, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Rocky Relationship. Yes. And on TikTok at Rocky Relationship Pod. Yes. And also, if you have Apple Podcasts, leave a review, write a review. Um, and give us five stars. Give us one if you really feel like it, but we'd like five, please. Please, five. At least write a review. <laughs> um, and and then, follow us on Spotify. Yeah, follow us on Spotify. Um, yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to plug or talk about? No. Once again, follow our cats on Instagram. Toph underscore underscore boomy. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.